UX Podcast is funded by me and Per, together with contributions we get from you, our listeners. If you'd like to contribute, you can do so financially, but also as a volunteer. We'd love your help to make sure we get our transcripts ready and published for each show in good time. So raise your hand and help us by emailing uxpodcast at uxpodcast.com. UX Podcast Episode 226. I'm James Royal Lawson. And I'm Pat Axbom. And this is UX Podcast, balancing business, technology, and people. Every other Friday from Stockholm, Sweden. We've listeners in 190 countries around the world, from Guadeloupe to Sri Lanka. Oh, I like the sound of Guadeloupe. Mike Gorgon is here to tell us how a group of people can create more amazing and incredible work when collaborating together in a non-judgmental and supportive manner than any of those individuals could have created working alone. It sounds obvious, yeah? But how do we get to that level of trust and create a safe place where the collaboration really works? The answer, of course, is improv. Okay, and now I'm going to try and explain what improv is. Improv what improv is. For me, uh, improv is a form of acting where where there's no script and all the actors have to work together to create a storyline and nobody can object to whatever anyone else is doing. You just have to go yes and and accept what everyone else interprets as what you're doing or thinks you're doing. So basically, Mm. what we've just done now... Trying to describe improv. I was think so. actually improv, because mm. it wasn't scripted. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, why don't we let the expert tell us a little bit more about it? So here's Mike when we caught up with him after his improv workshop at UXLX earlier this year. I actually think that your workshop is one of the workshops where people grow the most. They learn something about themselves that maybe they didn't expect to learn. Or they do something they didn't expect themselves to be able to do. Uh, what do you think about that theory? Uh, I would say that's probably very accurate. Yeah. Um, especially since I, I had a few people today and yesterday talk about how uh, they were really nervous at the beginning of it. And they don't normally want to put themselves out there. But they did, and they were really happy they did. Hmm. Um, one of the things that I like about the workshop, it's sort of a strength in numbers. So everybody's going to be doing exercises. So in general, nobody is kind of put on the spot to have to get in front of everybody. And so it's either working in pairs of you know 40 people, so we have 20 pairs of people kind of working around in the space, or circles of about six to eight people. And so they know everybody is going to be trying out what they're doing so they're not the only ones and then I also try to uh, stress the uh, trust and support that improv teaches so that everybody here is here to support everybody and help you in whatever exercise that Mm. you're doing so I think that goes a long way towards people being more willing to be opening up and taking a risk to try Mm. something that maybe they normally wouldn't well that 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 leads into Opening question or opening ish question, like I mean, improv's been around for for, for decades. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I I grew up in you grew up as well with a with a kind of heyday of improv in you know, on, on whose line is it anyway, right? Um, which um, was was excellent fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but but how how is improv relevant 
um, for UX design? Uh, awesome question. And that goes back to about five years when I started going to UX conferences just as an attendee. And a lot of the people that were doing talks were mentioning things like, well, we were trying to be more empathetic. We want to listen more actively instead of listening to just respond. Or how do we be more non-judgmental of other people's ideas? We want to collaborate more. We want to be more creative. So as I heard them talking about all these things, uh, the light went off in my head that this is all skills that improv teaches. So um, another conference later, a couple of people that were doing talks actually mentioned, oh, I took an improv class. And it was really this great experience because they taught us this concept of yes and, where we're accepting people's ideas and building on them. And it was just like this amazing thing that I'd never experienced before. So once I heard uh, that starting to get talked about, I knew I could marry the two together pretty well uh, from that point on. And so I reached out to a friend of mine, uh, Jim, Jim Carwish, who's in Atlanta with me, and he does corporate training with improv. And I called him up and I said, hey, Jim, we need to get together because I'm seeing a pattern here from the conferences I'm going to where I think UX and improv really you know, would meld together really, really well. So <clears throat> we got together over lunch. I told him what I'd been hearing, and we listed out the topics that I'm, you know, the skills that had been talked about. And from there, we matched up a whole list of improv exercises that cover those skills. And then we kind of ordered them in a way that we'd start off basic, you know, have some really fun opening exercises to get everybody's nerves out and get them laughing and get them loosened up, and then start with those improv basics of listening and agreement and yes-anding, and then that building into growing other people's ideas and building on each other's ideas, and some exercises to kind of show the people that are at the attendance of the workshop that you are creative, because a lot of times most people think of creativity, they think of painting and visual and you know, sculptures, you know, very artistic type things that you normally think of, but <clears throat> Uh, I like to show them that, you know, you are creative. And we did a really cool exercise today called Open Your Hands. And so I'll have everybody walking around the space and just in random fashion. And then I'll tell them to freeze. And I tell them to open your hands and imagine some object falling out of the sky and landing in your hands, whatever it is. It could be big, it could be heavy, it could be light, whatever it is. Have it land in your hands, and then I want you to look at it and really see it. See all the detail about it. You know, is is it is it heavy? Is it light? Is it is it alive? Uh, and and really see all the details. And we'll go through about four rounds of that. And at the end of it, uh, I have some people volunteer like, what what dropped into your hands? And uh, <laughs> one of the people today uh, said that a little tiny man dropped into his <laughs> hands out of the skies, <laughs> and he was speaking in a little high pitched squeaky voice that he couldn't understand but he had shorts on and he had a t-shirt on and the t-shirt you know was I think it was white but it was empty and you know his hair was blonde and so he described all these things so uh, at the end of the exercise I want to point I was like okay you guys all may have thought oh I'm not necessarily so creative but look what you guys just created on the spot in the instant without any prompting mm -hmm. out of nothing so I was like you are all creative remember that so I think when he starts describing these exercises, I just start flinging through my head as well. Yeah, exactly. So what did you what landed into your hands? <laughs> a brick. A brick. <laughs> okay. Well, what, what, what kind of brick? What color was the brick? <laughs> it was orange. Orange. The most boring brick of all. <laughs> I was wondering why is it so boring? Was it heavy? Did it have like the three holes in it? Didn't have any three holes. No. Was it old brick? Was it a new brick? Old brick. Was there any? Um, of uh, the um, the mortar still around it or anything? No, okay, it's so clean, clean. Yeah, so yeah, so new brick. 
That's weird how I could actually see that in front of me. That's mm-hmm. the, that's the thing, isn't and, it? Uh, <laughs> and I, 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 as soon as as soon as Mike said about it, then I straight away um, realized w- what dropped into my hands mm. was too hot to hold. So it went. I let go of it straight away, and it went straight through the floor <laughs> into the next <laughs> floor because it must have been like a meteorite or something. So I actually don't know how it looked because it was just whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> alien acid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly from alien. Yeah. And this also means that your workshop—you never know what's going to happen. Right. Right. And that's one of the things we try to do, um, you know, uh, try to stress that if you're, you know, doing an improv scene and you're, you know, it's actually on the theater, you're on the stage and you walk out uh, with an idea and, you know, they try to teach you, you know, be direct, get out there and get your idea out because the other person's coming out with their own idea at the very start of the scene. And you have to be ready for them to actually maybe say their line of dialogue first. And at that point, you have to throw away everything you may have had in your head while you were walking out and support that idea. Mm. Uh, or if you walk out and maybe you start doing what's called object working, you look like you're messing with something mm. and maybe you think you're at a, a cappuccino machine and you're making a, a, you know, a drink for yourself. They may think you're at a video game machine and they come up and it's like, so what? So, so oh, you're almost about to break the high score. That's great. Okay, well, how do you deal with that unexpected situation mm-hmm. of it's been completely changed? You were, you know, we talked about the visualization. You're seeing this espresso machine. You see it; it's silver. You hear the, you're hearing the noises in your head, and all of a sudden, um, because maybe you weren't explicit enough about it, you thought you were maybe showing off what it was, but you never said what it was. Mm-hmm. This person has changed it, and you have to be ready for that. And you have to, you know, on a dime, be able to switch and support that new piece of information. So mm-hmm. that's a lot of what we do in the that I try to stress in the workshop as well as of being ready to change. Because mm-hmm. new information could come out and change something into something new. So, and I try to connect that to maybe if you're in a design session or you're brainstorming and you throw an idea out, and so that may, that may inspire someone to have another idea about how to solve the problem, and then they throw it out. And you have to be willing to accept that new piece of information. And hey, let's take this where it's going to go just by listening to each other. And we may end up with a very interesting solution if we're just open to that. So, 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 an as- so a degree of what you're, you're you're teaching in the workshop is is a, is awareness of how improv relates to the work we do. Mm-hmm. But I guess one of the main usefulnesses is, is, is using this as a, as a workout. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it's, it's, you're not creating an artifact itself with the, with the improv. You're actually some kind of fitness program. Yeah, yeah you're, you're kind of the artifact <laughs> at yeah. the end of it. <laughs> so yeah. hopefully you've changed yourself a little bit or at least been exposed to you know, these skills through the exercises. Mm. Uh, you know, they're not necessarily all of them something you would bring into your office and do you know, in the boardroom or anything. A mm. few of them, I think, are very helpful. We did one, uh, and I do this one at every workshop. It's called Empty Your Pockets. Mm. And I have the people pair off and have them pull out something personal to them and tell the story of why that's personal to them. And the job of the other person is to listen and just listen and not interrupt, not ask questions, and also even if they can, calm their brain down to keep it from even thinking of questions. Mm -hmm. Or if they mention, uh, you know, I got this on vacation in, you know, in the south of France. And that makes them think of like, oh, I went to the south of France last summer. Wow, that was really great. You know, we had such a good time. Oh, wait, I just missed 10 seconds of what you're talking about Mm -hmm. because your mind tended to wander off. So the point of the exercise is just listen, absorb, and connect to that person's story. And then I'll flip-flop it and have them switch up and do it the other way around. And um, that's actually an exercise I think it would be good for teams if they're just starting out or even Mm -hmm. existing teams because you may find something out about someone that you didn't know before that, you know, brings you closer together uh, as teammates. But it's also an intense learning experience. You're teaching people the importance of trust, the the importance Mm -hmm. of actually helping each other out. Uh, And there's so much I can relate to uh, when it comes to coaching, uh, just that 
not asking questions, not thinking about what question next to ask, mm-hmm. but actually to just be in the moment and listen. Uh, when I started coaching, I was like, do I need to take notes because they're going to be talking for an hour? How do I need to take notes? <laughs> but actually, if you're present with that person, you don't have to take notes because you actually remember everything and just learning to be present with a, another person, that's what you're teaching as well. Yeah, and just that, you know, that calmness about it. Yeah. And that, uh, like you mentioned, building that trust mm. and support that you know this person is listening to me. And mm. so I can feel free to be maybe a little bit more vulnerable about letting some information out. And I know I don't have to worry about that. I'm just saying, oh, well, that's a really dumb idea. Why, are we, why would you even think of that? We have no time for that. That's not gonna ever work. That yeah. whole thing is what we're trying mm. to get people out of so that uh, we can grow together, collaborate better, uh, and then eventually, obviously, we have to take the time to narrow down what our options are because at the end of the day, we are trying, if we're trying to build something, there's a timeline, there's a budget, there's all those things. Mm-hmm. But I think if you are open to that, uh, listening to other people and examining, exploring ideas during you know, that divergent thinking part and when you're exploring ideas, you can just find more interesting stuff. But there has to be that aspect of, because I, some other workshop hosts I talked to who really uh, are into talking about vulnerable people mm-hmm. and and are accepting of the fact that some people just don't want to participate and feel mm-hmm. comfortable doing it. Uh, how do you cope with that in the workshop si- situation? Uh, I think the easiest way to do that is that the fact that I'm doing either one-on-one or in the groups of six. And some of the exercises uh, are geared towards making them feel supported and safe to share mm-hmm. whatever. Um, I mentioned to you, you know, the one musical hotspot. Uh, exercise where you know you have to jump in the middle and start singing so that's a be willing to take a risk because I mm. cannot sing to save my life that exercise always scares me to death yeah. because <laughs> I can't sing <laughs> uh, and then the trust and support of everybody in the circle they yeah. are gonna tap you and knock you off the hot spot and you should never be out there for more than one second and they, they did an awesome job today oh my god nobody was on that hotspot for more than one second, I think. And so you really only get about two words out. So I don't even know if you can necessarily even call that singing because <laughs> <laughs> you're out there for such a short period yeah. of time. Uh, we have another exercise where we did uh, in a circle, um, the first person to start off would just turn to the person to the right and make some sort of weird gesture or movement and sound. And then that person looks at, absorbs it, turns to their right and tries to repeat it as best they can. And so the whole idea of it is I'm going to watch your thing and I'm going to try and do it as best I can so I'm supporting what you're doing and I'm, I'm going to basically be doing the same thing as it yeah. goes around the circle. And so it's kind of it's, like I said, the strength in numbers, everybody's doing it so you're not out there alone in front of everybody and usually like just like the laughter, you can feel the tension in the room when you first start the workshop because everyone's like, a lot of times people are like, oh, I thought we were going to be looking at slides. I didn't know we were actually <laughs> going to be doing things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, those opening warm-up exercises do a lot to get people's nerves out and you can hear people laughing and you know giggling and just like you can kind of feel the room sort of like calm down as everybody starts having fun because um, uh, fun kills fear once you're having fun you kind of forget about a lot of that stuff and then it's interesting everybody else jumping in and doing it uh, it just kind of the momentum pulls you along yeah it makes it more uh, an inviting environment mm-hmm. uh, and it's, it's safe it's a safe place to go yeah. do whatever Mm. I was like, you guys are here for a reason. You want to have fun and and learn and get out of your comfort zones. Uh, You're not at home. And so why not be a little crazy, (laughs) be a little goofy? But it's hard not to feel like you sort of also get competitive. Even with that, just that what fell out of the sky and all I could think of was a brick and just really the realization of that was so boring. Somebody thought of a small guy falling into his hands. <laughs> Why couldn't I think of something more, more not better creative. than the brick, more creative yeah. than the brick. So I mean, there's that aspect of it as well. But it, you have to realize then that 
there is no failure, there is no mm-hmm. competition, but everybody accepts it. Yeah, so. and that comes from yeah. the, I try to stress yeah. the whole non-judgment aspect of it. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's not only the the worry of other people judging mm-hmm. you know your idea, mm-hmm. but really even more so you judging your own yes. idea mm-hmm. and keeping yourself from jumping out there because you're worried of looking, you know, goofy mm. or dumb or, mm. or, you know, the line you're worried about giving isn't going to be funny mm. or, or creative or interesting. Mm. Um, that's, that's, that's like the biggest hurdle people who are learning improv have to get over. They mm. have the, to, the like, expectations you the, put on yourself. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Really worrying about how other people are going to perceive it because when they, you know, first started taking classes, when I started taking classes, you know, they're really like, we don't want crazy, wacky characters. We want you to start with grounded, real people who exist, you know, in the world. And then we will find interesting little quirks about them, and then we'll explore those. And, and they'll do what's called heightening. And, and that's where you try to make more of what's going on. So if you sense something about, you know, the character, like, you know, they have, <clears throat> um, you know, they, maybe they, they erase a lot. You know, they make it, always make a lot of stuff with the pencil, and they're always erasing it, trying to make it perfect or something. You can, like, you know, do that. What Okay, if this person erases everything they're writing, what else are they constantly, you know, metaphorically erasing you know there are there's other things they could do you know if they mow the lawn they also they're always kind of redoing the lawn a lot because they're just ah, this isn't perfect so i gotta you know go i'm gonna mow it again you know they're mowing it 20 Mm -hmm. times in a row something so you can find ways to like heighten and explore those little idiosyncrasies that um you know the audience will recognize oh yeah that's the guy who lives next door to us he does that same thing all (laughs) the time right and and those kind of characters and laughs that you get are much more satisfying, mm. uh, at least from the, the improviser side, than just go out and being wacky, crazy character person. Because it's mm. also hard to keep up that character, that high-level energy, crazy, mm. wacky character, uh, if it's like a 30-minute show, that you just can't do it. So it's always better to start with realistic characters, realistic mm. situations, and then just start to explore them. So it's a little bit of a slow burn to get up to the end of the show. Mm. Uh, and then, at the end of the show, you can go to crazy town. Mm. So as a designer wanting to try this out, what do you recommend? Uh, I would say the best thing to do is like look in your local city because there's improv uh, theaters popping up all over mm. the place, especially in the U.S. They're like all over. <laughs> you can't really, you know, as the saying goes, swing a dead cat <laughs> uh, without hitting an improv theater. I mean, Atlanta's got three now. It's growing a ton. Uh, there's a lot of people doing improv there. I mean, uh, we were up in Asheville uh, for a little vacation about a month ago for spring break, and they've got an improv theater. I know Austin, the, they're, they're, they're just everywhere now. Um, uh, a friend of mine was in Copenhagen for six months, and he was helping get their theater started. I think it's Improv Comedy Copenhagen, so the ICC Theater. Uh, so that's there. So I would suggest finding mm-hmm. a, a theater, and a lot of them now have drop-in classes, so you can just go try one or two classes for free, uh, or maybe it's like $5. You know, yeah. It's nothing expensive just to kind of they want to they try and rope you in, <laughs> you <laughs> have some fun, and then take the full uh, level. So, mm-hmm. And the good thing about that is you know, it'll be a continuous repetition of taking classes versus maybe a one-day workshop. Uh, I'm trying to get them hooked a little bit and intrigued enough that when they go back home, they'll start to take some classes. Yeah. So that's probably the easiest thing you can do is fi- find a theater near you uh, and then try and you know check out if they've got uh, any sort of training program uh, and then sign up. <laughs> Are there any, I mean, could I, is there something I could do pretty much straight away with my team though? I mean, is there any kind of you know, entry level exercises that might be might be might be useful and fun for us to to do like quarter of an hour on a Friday. Uh, there is uh, was it? I think it's the Improv Resource Center or the Improv Encyclopedia. There's a couple of them on there, and if you know the skills that you want to kind of hit, yeah, um, both of those sites will list their exercises kind of by name or sort of what the skill 
they're looking for, so listening or agreement. So they usually will have what that exercise focuses on. And so you can go there and you can find it. Um, uh, there are also some videos, there's tons of videos um, uh, for some of the games. Uh, there's one called the Ad Game. I found a really good video that explains that whole thing and how it works. Mm. Um, and that's kind of a little bit more of an advanced one after you've kind of sort of had the basics to to move on to. But uh, yeah, there's definitely resources out there. So if you know what skill you want to work on, you can you know look up improv exercises. You'll probably either and it's either the Improv Encyclopedia or the Improv Resource Center. Both of them may have like you know, a wiki of exercises, uh, and there might actually be an improv wiki. I can't remember exactly what. The full <laughs> it sounds, the full, sounds um, like a thing, thing that definitely would have a wiki. Yeah. <coughs> yes. yeah. So uh, if you if you look up any of those things, or just like I said, Google improv exercises, you should find a few sites that have them. And if they don't break them down by the skills they teach within the description, it will say what you um, uh, what it's covering. And so if you know what you're looking for, you should be able to find some you know basic introductory exercises that you can run. Some more googling to do. <laughs> we'll put those on the in the show notes, obviously. <laughs> yeah. What would an exercise look like if you tried it on us? Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, well, how oh about dear. <laughs> it? wasn't enough for your brick. <laughs> <laughs> the brick was not enough. You weren't awesome. Uh, so let's, um, let's do the last word response exercise. Okay. And in this exercise, uh, either one of you can start, <clears throat> and it'll just kind of keep going for a little bit. But you'll just give a regular line of dialogue. Again, it doesn't have to be funny. It doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be, you know, you know, what you what you are worried about maybe being super awesome. It could be, uh, I went downstairs and I got the mail. And then you would respond with, mail is what I really dread getting because all it ever is to me is bills and advertising. And then you would respond with, like, advertising is the scourge of man. It makes us... Uh, crave consumer items that we just don't really need. And so the whole <laughs> object of it is to start your sentence with the last word mm. of the other person's sentence. So you, you don't know what's coming. You have no idea how he's going to mm. end his sentence. So you have to be ready to take that word and then absorb it and then use that as the first word for your sentence. Okay. So if you guys want to give that a try. Who's starting? Either one. Who, who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Mm and it'll just be a simple, straightforward sentence. So go. <laughs> I drew some money out of a cash machine. Machine is something I'm scared of because it's not human. Humans are nice and cuddly. Cuddly is uh, how I think about my dog. Dogs sniff things. <laughs> things get lost in washing machines. Machines are going to take over the world. <laughs> Scene, we'll call it, because like, that's actually that was a really nice way to, we kind of around the circle of you worked your way back uh, to machines. So yeah. That was, a really, uh, was actually really fun to see. Um, we'll do some so word association. Well, well, what was the, so, so what was the, um, um, the, 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 the skill that that was focusing on? <clears throat> um, listening, right. obviously. Listening and getting his complete statement, and then dealing with an unexpected suggestion. Right. So you don't know what the last word yeah. is going to be. So you can't yeah. really be pre-planning no. your apart sentence. Apart from the first one, of course. Yeah, apart yeah. from the first one, yes. Yeah. But after that, you are completely dependent on whatever that last word is, and yeah. you have to create something based off mm -hmm. of that. You can't be pre-planning your whole sentence, and I'm just going to tack whatever that word is on in the beginning. And so you have to be quite fast. I, I assume that's sort of <coughs> the point, that you ha can't wait and think for it. Yeah, well, I, I prefer. Yeah. yeah, I prefer them yeah. not to think. Because once you start thinking, that's yeah. when you get into that zone of like, okay, that's not a good idea. Exactly. No, that's not a good yes. idea. Well, that, I guess mm. that's, that's the training thing as well. Yeah. I mean, you when you've practiced a few times, mm. you'll you'll start to to have a little kind of, of a framework, I guess, of what you mm. can, how you can build responses mm. quickly. Yeah, and it's it's like I think like you mentioned earlier, it forces you to be present 
in the moment mm -hmm. between just the two yeah. of you and focusing on each other and you know everything else kind of melting away and it's just the two of you exchanging these lines of dialogue mm -hmm. and really focusing in on that mm -hmm. last word. This is a great game for just going to the pub. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I, I, I can see. I can see him doing it tonight. After <laughs> well, the family when we get home as yeah. well. I'm yes, exactly. That. After a while, yeah. it may just be end, uh, end up being a lot of slurring <laughs> that's hard to decipher. Yeah. Or you just kind of it just spirals down into beer, 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 <laughs> beer. <laughs> one more, one more, one more. <laughs> uh, if you want to try another exercise, we can do that one as well. Okay. okay. And this is, this is uh, I think this was kind of building on the other one of the listening and exchanging of lines. And uh, it's just it is the standard, you know, improv 101 exercise that they'll, they'll throw at you if you start taking a class, and it's called Yes And. And it goes towards that concept of Yes And. Mm -hmm. So in this one, this one's actually, you know, very literal in that I really want you guys to respond Yes, repeat a line of dialogue, and, and then you're adding new information. So <coughs> the example might be, if you were to give the opening line uh, and say something along the lines of, uh, the ice cream during the break was really good today. And you could respond, yes, the ice cream during the break was really good today. And I think I'm going to invest in buying one of those ice cream carts. Yes, you are going to invest in buying one of those <laughs> ice cream carts. And, <laughs> and I expect you to give me free ice cream for life. And it's that simple. It's three lines. Mm -hmm. But the focus of the exercise is that, again, you're really listening and you're proving that you're listening by saying mm -hmm. the yes. Right. So you, and there's that, that, that literal saying of yes is, yes, I've heard you. Yes, mm -hmm. I am going to support this line that you're giving me. Yes, I love it. And you repeat it back to them. And you can, you can modify the, the sentence a little bit in case, you know, it doesn't sound like. So if I said, you know, I'm going downtown, you wouldn't say, yes, I'm going downtown. You'd say, yes, you are going downtown. So yes, feel free to modify right. it so it makes mm -hmm. sense. And then by doing that, you're showing, oh, he just repeated back to me what he said. So I know he heard me. And then the and part... <clears throat> is where you get to add new information to it to help grow whatever the mm -hmm. idea is that those three lines end up being. Right. So we can go through that one. We can do it twice so that each of you get a chance to give okay. the opening line if you want. Okay. And I think since you went first last time, why don't you go first uh, this time? I'm really pleased we printed uh, UX Podcast t-shirts for this event. Yes, um, I'm really pleased that you printed UX Podcast t-shirts for this event. And... I'm really looking forward to you producing more of them in different colors next time. I'm really looking forward to Don't producing. Don't forget, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes <laughs> and. No, no, yeah, uh, yes, yes, repeat. Oh, I'm, I, I'm completely missing the instructions here. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm really looking forward to producing uh, these t-shirts in more uh, colors for the next event and uh, producing other items to go with them. And there you go. That's three lines. Perfect. Oh, that's three. Okay, it's no, not more than that. It's just three lines. So oh you started, wow. and then that's now you yeah. now he gets the chance yeah. to start an opening line. Oh wow! And okay. then you'll yes and yes. that, and then he'll reply to that. Oh okay. Oh nice. See, now I'm just thinking about ice cream. <laughs> um, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ha would have to go with it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to the um, pasta de nata tomorrow. The custard tarts, Portuguese custard tarts. Yes, I'm really <laughs> looking forward to the custard tarts tomorrow, and I think I'll actually eat three of them this year. Yes, I'm pretty sure you will eat three of them this year, <laughs> and I will probably eat more than three. Me and Bruno have our own plates. 
fifteen. <laughs> Good, perfect. So you see how it works. Yes. You know, you're, 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 uh, yes, and <laughs> um, yeah, you're, 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 you're showing that you're listening mm. by repeating it and then adding new information mm. to it, so that the, the, you know, if it was a scene on stage during a show, that world is expanding as we're mm. going. We're starting this one little seed and it's growing and expanding. And and um, if it was, uh, you know, it's called a long form show, you're usually performing with a group of six to ten people. So the two people are on stage working the scene. All the people on the side are listening and looking for interesting things. So um, you mentioned, you know, tomorrow night. Okay, so they may take you to a scene the next night where you're actually at the party and these things are coming out. And and you said you're going to get your own plate. So the waiter, someone could play a waiter coming out and then just make it like this ginormously huge plate of all these tarts. Oh. Sir, you want to say, no, this is like this is really far more than I expected. Sir, you said you ordered the large plate. <laughs> this is the large plate. And you're not allowed to leave until you eat all of them. Mm. You know, <laughs> so like putting that sort of, you know, goofiness on mm. what was initially just kind of a normal, you know, start right. to, to a show. Yeah. And it was really simple, like you said, three lines. That was actually nothing, but it so it felt comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it takes the pressure off of, like, yeah. we have to do a scene for, like, yeah. two minutes. Exactly. No, it's just three lines, and yeah. you know, move on. Uh, and I like the fact that there's a, there's a finite, you know, there's an end to it, a decided mm -hmm. end, mm -hmm. instead of that pressure of keeping on going and then not knowing mm -hmm. when it's going to stop. Right, right. Yeah. And uh, at the end of the workshop, uh, both days, uh, I'll do, and this is the only... <sighs> pressured <laughs> pressure exercise that I have for them yeah. uh, and and it's kind of the culmination of everything that we've talked about in the, you know the three three and a half four hours or whatever uh, and putting all the skills to use and it's called uh, the documentary or the interview and two people will sit in chairs and pretend they're talking to a camera uh, and, and they're being interviewed and they'll get a, so we'll get a suggestion you know from the audience uh, which is the other workshop people. So everyone, we get the chairs set up like a little bit of sort of a theater and we'll have those two chairs up there. So I absolutely get that that's probably the most terrifying thing in the yes, entire workshop. Exactly. And so I ask only for people to volunteer if they would like to try it. And I always go for the first one with somebody. Mm -hmm. So that way, uh, you know, they feel safe. They know that, you know, I'm going to take care of them and support their ideas. And it went really well. You know, people who jumped up there and did it, we did, they did great. They told some really funny you know, stories and it's only one minute. So the timer's going and they don't have to be up there for that long. And, and you know everyone who did it when we got done, I was like, so did that feel like a really long time? They're like, no, it went by really quick, actually. And I was like, see, when you're in that present moment and you're just exchanging mm. the lines of dialogue, it goes by really fast. <laughs> mm. And when improv works and you're in it, it almost feels you almost feel guilty because it's like, wow, this is actually wait, this is going too easy. This is really well. I don't understand oh, why wow. this is working so well. This should be harder. Yeah. Why isn't this harder? And then of course, you know, if you get in your head, it can go south. But, <laughs> uh, but I've, you've had that, I've had those moments where I'm like, wow, this is actually really easy. We're, this is like an easy conversation. And my, like, I get what my character's thinking. Mm -hmm. I get what their point of view is. And, and I'm just filtering mm -hmm. everything through that point of view. And this is really a lot of fun. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and once you kind of have that, you know, that happen, then you're like, oh, I want to do it again because that was really cool. I love your enthusiasm yes. like, for, um, <laughs> yes. for improv and, and, and applying it to our work. Excellent. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. It has been fantastic. I think I actually had three pasta donata. I think you said you were going to have more than three. I know. <laughs> I improvised. I had three. I stopped counting. They're no. just too good. I'm saying three. We actually did stand there with Mike yeah. the the day yes. after mm. when the pasta donatas mm. get delivered, and they are fantastic. Mm. And and uh, we blew Mike's mind a little bit. Yeah, he understood what we meant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Mm. Improvisation. I mean, just listening back to this, because it's been a few months since we recorded it, and listening back, it, it, I couldn't help but, but enjoy it again to feel kind of how much fun it was doing a little bit of improv 
yeah. um, in the, the interview. This was one of the few times when we listened back to the episode together when we were sitting here laughing. It was so much fun. Mm. And you also hear, you have to sort of listen to Mike, what a fantastic teacher he is and how he really does make you feel comfortable. That we actually did those improv exercises on the fly. That was fantastic. But he also made us feel really comfortable enough to do it on the fly. Mm. I mean, we knew, mm. We, mm. we knew he was going to throw at least one improv mm. exercise at us because we yeah. talked about it before yeah. we started recording. He was threatening. But, but we, we didn't expect him mm. to do two and mm. we had no idea which ones he was going yeah. to throw at us. So it was really good. Really good fun. And, and I just love the, um, the throwback to childhood, I guess. That you, you know, mm. used to do all that free form creative think- thinking that you didn't even realize you were being creative in your play and thinking. You were just making stuff up. Yeah. And the combination of making stuff up... Um, as well as entrusting the other person to, to you know, carry on, to, you know, support you and to, to, to play along. And yeah, you know you're with people that you can trust. Yeah. And I think that's part of it, though, because there's still that, I still think, yeah, I really want to do this more often. I wish I would go to a class. But there's also that part of me that feels sort of wary and afraid and oh, how is this going to go? And you have st- th- this was a good reminder. I think I have to listen to this show more often. It's such a good reminder that... The teacher is there to help you and help everyone feel safe mm. and make sure that everyone else helps you make safe feel self feel safe as well. So I mean that there's that and there's it's all the exercises are designed as well to make you feel comfortable. We commented on that. Mm. So you have three sentences. You know it's going to end. You, yeah. You know it's not going to go on forever. Mm. Uh, it's structured. It's, it's reassuring. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. So so the mm. uh, the team building aspect of this is fantastic. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking. You know, when you when you have a you've got a long workshop, long meeting, mm. why not just throw one of these into the middle? Exactly. That, you know, yeah. just before, just after a break or something, mm. you can just say, right, let's start off by doing. Mm. You know, and then we we like Mike encourages mm. go to Improv One Hundred and One or whatever. Just Google something, mm. find one thing that you can do, um, just to just to kind of get stuff rolling, um, get stuff back in again. After Actually, the, on the dinner the night before, he had done one of these exercises at the dinner table with the one empty your pockets and I. I took off my ring and, and talked about that a bit. Mm. And this also made me think when he said, so you, you might learn something about your colleagues that you didn't know before. Now, we're entering a season where a lot of people are, are spending time with family that they maybe not don't meet that often, maybe don't agree all the time with. People talk about... Or don't own. want to talk politics with. Exactly. And these exercises, just bringing them out, even at the dinner table, it, just fantastic. Something an opportunity to learn something about people that you think you know everything about. Or a, you know, a spontaneous conversation that yeah. you, you maybe wouldn't have ever had um, if, you'd, if you'd just been chatting mm. regularly without the kind of improvisation tools to help you along. Right. And now I'm thinking maybe we even should do some improv exercises to start to warm up uh, before doing our shows. God, I thought you were going to say now. No. <laughs> no. I, I'm done with improv today. <laughs> So, recommended listening after this is, of course, our Christmas show uh, a few years ago. Episode 174, the UX podcast panel game, where we improvise. improvise. Yeah, we were. Well, we had two guests and yeah. Jonas Söderström, who is our quiz master, yeah. host, host of the show. And we, we spent a full episode improvising. Mm. That was competitive and great fun. It was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, always a pleasure. A quick reminder, you can contribute to funding UX Podcast by visiting uxpodcast.com slash support. Remember to keep moving. See you on the other side. 
Hey, James, what does Santa suffer from when he gets stuck in the chimney? I don't know, Per. What does Santa suffer from when he gets stuck in the chimney? Claustrophobia. Oh. <laughs> Claustrophobia. Oh.